I'm very excited to start this brand new series this morning, and I just want to thank God for what he did the past two weekends at the Encounter Retreat. Some of you that went through the Encounter Retreat, you literally began the process of taking things back in your life, and, and not only those of you that went to the Encounter Retreat, but I just want to say that I really feel like this is a time in our church, and this is a time for many of us to take back what's been taken away. Amen? It's time to take back what the enemy has stolen from us. And I just want to get started this morning. If you want to take out your bulletin, you can follow along. Uh, There's a little outline on the inside to help you follow along. From chapter 2 of the book of Joel, the prophet Joel said this, Rejoice, you people of Jerusalem. Rejoice in the Lord your God. For the rain he sends demonstrates his faithfulness. And we talked the whole month of January about the rain of the Holy Spirit, about the open heaven, right? And it demonstrates his faithfulness. Once more, the autumn rains will come as well as the rains of spring. The threshing floors will again be piled high with grain. And the press will overflow with new wine and olive oil. The Lord says, I'll give you back. Come on, let's read that together. I'll give you back. Come on, tell your neighbor. He will give you back. What, the, uh, what you lost to the swarming locust, the hopping locust, the stripping locust, and the cutting locust. And whatever it is that hopped on you and stripped you down and took it all away, the Lord wants to give it back. It was I who sent this great destroying army against you. You know, Jesus came to forgive. Jesus came not only to forgive us of sin, but to redeem us up and out of sin. Not only to wash our sins away, but to give us a new life in victory over sin. And Jesus wants to redeem your life. He poured out and is pouring out his spirit to restore our lives. Everybody say restore. Restore, restoration. Again, we talked the whole month of of January about heaven open, right? And we talked about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that since the day of Pentecost has been ongoing. God is pouring out his spirit on all people and all over the place, including in all, all nations of the world. The spirit of God is being poured out, right? And this, what we just read in the prophet Joel about the autumn and the spring rain, we are living in that time, y'all. We're not waiting, again, I said it five times already, but we're not waiting on God to pour out the rain. We're living in the time of rain, amen? The time of the rain of God's blessing. And with the presence and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes a great promise. And that promise is restoration. Everybody say it again, restoration. It's time to recover what the enemy stole because of sin. It's time, come on. Get your pointer ready and just tell them, it's time to take your life back. Come on, tell them, take it back. Y'all know I make you talk in here now. Today, we're going to talk about the first and most important of the topics of taking your life back because everything else we talk about this month about taking our life back will be based upon this truth that is the first thing we've got to take back is our soul. Come on, it's time to take your soul back. If you want to follow along again in your bulletin. Mark 8, 36, Jesus said, What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Come on, say, my own soul. The answer to that question is nothing. I can gain everything in the world. And in the end, if I lost my soul, I lost it all. The first thing we've got to take back is our soul. It's time to take our soul back. You know, I want you to, I'm going to make you talk a lot today. Is that all right? And some of you are like, I don't talk in church. That's all right. You might by the end of the day. But you want to say this. My soul is my property. Your soul is your property. Excuse my scratchy voice today. That's what happens every encounter retreat. All right. My soul is my property. Your soul is your property. Proverbs 14.10 says, Each heart knows its own bitterness, and no one else can fully share its joy. Have you ever said this, or at least thought this? Nobody understands how I feel. 
No one understands how I feel. No one knows what I'm going through. Newsflash, you're right. You're exactly right. Only you and the Spirit of God know exactly what's going on on the inside of you. Not even your closest friend can know what's going on in your soul. Your soul and my soul, it's my property. It's your property, right? I am 100% responsible for my own soul. It's the first thing I'm called to govern. And uh uh-oh, it is truly the only thing I'm called to control. My soul is my property, and the Bible calls it self-control. How about we call it something a little bit different, because this will help you understand it more. Let's call it soul control. The first key to self-control is soul control. If you cannot govern and control your own soul, you can't control yourself. Come on, somebody. How many of you know that what you do, you first thought it? Everything that we do, the way we live, our behavior first starts up here in our soul, right? In our mind, in our emotions. <sighs> Proverbs 25, 28 says, A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Now, you might be saying, what, what walls? Well, you know, back in the old days, that's how... Cities were protected from their enemies. They would build big walls around the city, right? And that was, their, that was their way of controlling what happened on the inside of their city and protecting themselves from the outside influence and attack. Are you okay? It says that a person without self-control is like a city that the wall is broken down. If my soul is out of control then my wall is broken down. If my soul is out of control, it's because I need good, godly walls. Everybody say boundaries. Today we're going to talk about boundaries, or at least get started talking about this. I'm going to try to get through all of this today, but if I see we need more time, I'm going to pause, and we're going to go on with more of this next Sunday. If my soul is out of control, it's because I need some good, godly boundaries. I'm either lacking boundaries altogether, I'm breaking the boundaries that are supposed to be there, or I need better boundaries, right? I either don't have any boundaries, I'm breaking the boundaries or allowing my boundaries to be broken, or I just need to get some better boundaries, But the reality is if my soul is out of control, it's a boundary issue. It's a wall issue, right? I want to recommend, I think we have it up here on the screen. There's a book called just that, Boundaries, okay, by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. And um, this is a great book. I actually read, went through this book two times in 2000, uh, two times over the summer and the fall um, of last year. And I, I went through it. Let me tell you, I didn't go through it to get to preach out of it. I went through it for myself. (laughs) I went through this book, and then once I got through it, I'm like, I need to do that one again. (laughs) Two times for myself. And then what I want to do is share with you what I learned, not only from this book, but during this time that I was reading this and praying and establishing better boundaries in my life and in our family. Who wants to learn a little bit about boundaries today? Who wants to learn a bunch about boundaries today? We'll see how much we can get through. What are boundaries? Again, this is a day that I'm going to be teaching you more than preaching, so you definitely want to take more notes, follow along in your outline. What is a boundary? Boundaries are protection walls. Boundaries are protection walls. Specifically, what we're talking about today in our life, boundaries are soul protection. Boundaries are soul control. Boundaries are the way we control our soul. A boundary in the natural sense is literally a, a, a barrier, a wall, right? Or, or a line, like a, like a border. For example, when we, 
went to Cuba on our mission trip back in December. We didn't just land in Atlanta and walk off the plane right back into the city. We had to go through Customs and Border Patrol. Uh, border Patrol. <laughs> customs and Border Control. Lord have mercy. Control. Passport control and all that. I lived on the border too long. I'm mixing up my words. All right. Customs. Let's just call it Customs. There's a line. You can't just leave the country and come back in without going through customs, right? Because there is a, there, there, there's a control of what gets in and what gets out. I don't remember when we got to Cuba, it was like, are they going to let us in? Okay? Because there is, there, there's control. It's a sovereign nation. There's control of what gets to come in and what gets to go out, right? And I remember when we went actually to Honduras the last time with, with Ron and Annette, we took Anna and Oliver with us, and Honduras has a very uh, um, intense airport, <laughs> Tegucigalpa, mainly because they don't want uh, children to be trafficked in and out of the country. And so, like, there was this, everybody else got through, and they were waiting on us, and Liz and I, with Anna and Oliver, we had to go through this long process of making sure there are children, we bring them in, and then when... Whenever, when we went to come back to the United States, there was this big, long process and fingerprints and pictures and all this to make sure that we were not taking out of Honduras some kids that we shouldn't be, that they were truly our children. Boundaries exist for protection. Boundaries exist in what we're talking about for soul control. Boundaries are like in the natural, what I'm talking about, borders or whatever, but in the, in the spirit or in, in, in our soul, boundaries are like an in, invisible line, right? A boundary here, this is the boundary of the carpet and the rug. I literally see a physical line. But we have to understand in, on the inside of us, in our soul, there are invisible lines. There are invisible barriers, or there should be, <laughs> So that not just anything gets to come in and out, right? Come on, say, my soul is my property. I guess the best um, example of, of, a, of a border or a boundary would be um, like a gate at your house. Like walls with a gate. Let me see if we have that picture, okay? See, it's not an impermeable wall. It's not that pe things and people can't come in and out. It's just there's a control of it, right? Now, that's not my house. I wish it was. <laughs> but, but you know, let's just pretend that's my house. You know, we have wonderful neighbors. We do. We have really, really great neighbors. Our neighborhood has that great neighbors. But let me just say, my neighbors are allowed to walk their dog, and he gets to pee wherever he wants. But he doesn't get to come through to the gate of my backyard and go pee in there. We also have lots of neighbors that like to shoot fireworks and firecrackers. And we don't mind it as long as it's on their property or out in the street. But you're not going to come through the gate of my back patio and shoot off fireworks, okay? I like fireworks, but you know what I'm saying? But... I get to decide who comes in my backyard. That's why we have a gate. Come on, say, my soul is my property. Lack of boundaries. Are you ready for this one? When I don't have boundaries or I don't have good boundaries in my soul, I expose myself to being controlled from the outside. But you were created, come on, you were created in the image of God to be controlled from the inside out. God did not create us to be controlled in our soul from the outside in. He created us to be filled with his spirit and by his spirit our soul be controlled from the inside out. But a lot of times, we're living our lives being led by and controlled by outside influences rather being led by what's going on on the inside of our soul. Come on, say boundaries. A little bit more on boundaries. Are you enjoying this yet? How about Genesis chapter 1? Why don't we go to the very beginning for this one? 
So God created human beings in his own image. How wonderful. We were created with the image of God. We are the height. We are the masterpiece of God's creation. As beautiful as the stars and the mountains and the oceans and, and puppies are, right? The most wonderful part of God's creation is, come on, point to somebody, say, is you. You were created in the image of God. It says in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Male and female. There's a border right there. There's a boundary right there. And if you have bought into the lie that you can be male and female or be a male and then, but I'm really, if it, I, listen, I mean absolutely no disrespect with all the love and compassion in my heart. But let me tell you something. If you are confused about what you are, God will help you know who you are. Jesus will help you know who you really are. And he says, here's, here's the first boundary I see right there. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Go have some babies, right? Fill the earth and govern it. Come on, say govern it. Come on, say I'm a governor. Tell a lady, you're a governess. You're a McGovern back there. All right. <laughs> Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Come on, somebody. The idea of boundaries came from Genesis. When God told Adam and Eve to subdue the earth and rule over it and govern it, right? And then I'm not going to read it, but we know a very important boundary that, was, that we can read about in Genesis, and the boundary was this. You can eat of any of the trees, any of the fruit in the garden, the vines, everything, except there's this one. Was it a literal tree or was it symbolic? I said this many times in the men's encounter yesterday. I don't know if it was literal. I don't know if it was symbolic. It doesn't matter at all. Okay? The reality is God drew a boundary around this thing called the knowledge of good and evil. And he told them... Have at it. Enjoy everything. Find pleasure in every way. But you don't get to decide right from wrong. That's the boundary. And if you partake of the knowledge, not that, that to know, but to I get to decide and think I know right from wrong rather than God's right from wrong. He said, you will surely die. Come on, say boundaries consequences when boundaries get broken there are consequences sin is a terrible boundary breaker that brings about terrible consequences the idea of boundaries comes from God now I was made to be a governor and the first thing I must learn to govern is me myself and I right the first thing we must learn to govern if we're going to rule the earth and subdue it, I can't rule over anything or anybody else if I can't rule myself. Many people talk about being leaders. Let me tell you something. You will never be a true leader or a healthy leader if you cannot first lead yourself. You know how I'm trying to develop my leadership more and more? I'm trying to lead myself better and better. Because I know if I lead myself better and better, I will lead others better and better. Come on, say it again. I'm a governor. Oof. I must govern myself. Now, let's get into the nitty-gritty of this. You ready? Boundaries define identity. Boundaries define identity. Boundaries define what's me and what's not me, right? Because I don't know about you, but I've had some people and some issues in life that try to push itself or themselves into kind of like, I'm part of you. Uh-oh. <laughs> Trying to put themselves on you or their stuff on you, right? 
And I'm not trying to be ugly, but boundaries, the first boundary is your skin. Come on, everybody, look at your skin. That's you, by the way. Anything on the outside of that, guess what? It's not you. (laughs) That's just a natural physical boundary, right? Boundaries define identity. My skin defines me. This is me. And anything on the outside of me is not me. Anybody ever felt like something's trying to be you, but it's not you? Or somebody is trying to get into you, but you're like, but get out of my space, dude. Right? See, I am, and, and, and we laugh about it, but we fix them to not laugh about it. Because the big problem with breaking boundaries isn't people that try to break our boundaries. It's the fact that we let our boundaries be broken. My soul, my property. I decide what gets in and out. You don't. Even if you try hard. I get to decide what I let in and out. Okay? I am to have control over my own life and rule it. Now, I'm not saying I have control over my own life and rule it without God. (laughs) Under God, created in the image of God, spirit, soul, and body, he created me that by his spirit living in my spirit, my spirit controls my soul and my soul controls my behavior. You were created in the image of God. You can have self-control. No matter how many times you thought you cannot... Where people have told you you're just this way, you're just that way, you can't control that. Let me tell you, you can have self-control because you have the image of God in you. Come on, it's time to take our life back. Let me just give you, some of you are going to write more down than what I'm, I'm saying. But let me just give you a few areas that we need boundaries, right? Besides just our physical boundary, our skin, right? But we need boundaries in our sleep. Come on, somebody. Boundaries in your diet. Well, boundaries in time management, boundaries in finances, boundaries, these literally are boundaries, my ears and my eyes, there's got to be a boundary of what gets to come in and out and what doesn't, your mouth is a boundary, what you putting in your body? I'm not going to get any amens on this one. But I need a boundary with my telephone. We live in a boundaryless world. I mean, is anybody old enough to remember the days when everybody couldn't contact you 24-7 because they felt like it? I had the first cell phone. It was a brick. (laughs) And even then, even then, we didn't answer it when we didn't want to. You wanted to get in touch with us back in the day. You had to go. (laughs) And if it rang and nobody answered, guess what? You were out of luck until they called you back. Some of y'all are not even old enough to know that there used to be a thing as not having a voicemail. That if somebody really wanted to contact you, they had to wait until they could see you. But we live in a social media driven, fake, boundaryless. I said fake, I sure did. Boundaryless world when it comes to do with media and phones and all that. Y'all, I am convinced that my iPhone can hear me. It can hear, no, it can hear you. Big brother is real. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I like my iPhone. I use it. It's great. It's a wonderful tool for communication and all that. But let me tell you something. That thing listens to you. It doesn't respect your boundaries. (laughs) 
People try to, because I'm serious, the other night we talked about Disney World. We're talking about Disney World. We were just talking about it. Phones were up, like on a table. And the first thing, you pick up the phone and it's like this ad for Disney World. I'm like, that thing heard us talking. (laughs) Oh, it's just algorithms. They just know. They just see your search. Well, I know they do that, but they listen to you too. (laughs) You better be careful what you send over your phone. (laughs) You better be careful what you talk about with your phone anywhere near. I don't know about this Google thing that hears everything going on in the house all the time. Lord, I actually think it's pretty cool, but you need some boundaries. Anybody need any boundaries in their exercise habits? Come on, somebody. I can't go on on that one. But we also need boundaries in our emotions. We need boundaries in our thoughts, in our thought life, what goes on up here. Anybody raising any kids and you realize you need some boundaries. In fact, that is the way to raise kids. Boundaries and consequences, right? Here's the line. You cross it, there's a consequence. Talk a little bit more about that one in a minute. Uh, In a minute. How How many of you have ever realized you need some boundaries with your job and your career? If not, it will be your life. Those of you that serve or some sort of leadership capacity, you need some boundaries on your leadership. You're not available to everybody all the time. And I could keep going and going and going. Why don't you write down some more? I know I need boundaries in this and this and this, right? But this is the reality that many people do not accept. We deflect our responsibility. But this is absolute truth. Only I can set and respect my limits. Only I. But people push my limits because you let them push you. But I'm weak. Well, you can get strong. Guess how you get strong? Set some boundaries and keep them. He says, getting a little serious. Because continually along in your outline, boundaries are all about responsibility. Boundaries are all about responsibility. Listen, just as boundaries define me and not me, are y'all with me? Just as boundaries define identity, I am me, you are not me. I am me. This is not me. I am me, and everything outside of me is not me, okay? Just as they define, boundaries define identity, boundaries define responsibility. Because they define my responsibility and not my responsibility. Anybody ever tried to push their responsibility on you? And how many of you just took their responsibility as your own and you didn't let them take their own responsibility? Uh Uh-oh, you done broke your own boundary. I'll be the first one to say I've done it, and I've done it again. But my soul is my property. Your soul is your property. What I let in and out, what goes on up here and in here is on me. It's my responsibility. And even, listen, let me just get really, really real with you. I'm married to this beautiful lady right here. But what goes on inside of me is never her responsibility. And what goes on inside of her is never my responsibility. You determine what you allow in and out. I know this is hard for some of us to hear because many of us have probably lived boundaryless or really bad boundary lives for a long time. But it's time to take your life back. And the first thing we got to take back is our own soul. This sounds like you're calling all of us to be some kind of like solitary, individualistic, egotistical. No, 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 no. The only way you can actually love somebody else with real love is if you've first taken responsibility for yourself and love yourself. That's it. You know why God can love us unconditionally? Because he is unconditional love unto himself. You know why he drew a boundary, why he drew a line? Come on, there are even boundaries between God and us. There's a line. You cross the line, there's consequences. Why? Because he is going to take care of himself even from sinfulness 
Thank God for the cross. We're going to get to it. Whew. But I believe a lot of us, come on, especially us church folks. Any, we got any church? So you got anybody in here that's been in church for a while? You ever lived under some ambiguous load? Like, I feel like I'm carrying this, but you ought to be. I had no amens. All I heard was, mm. <laughs> it sounded like suffering a little bit. <laughs> I want to read and explain something to you from Galatians chapter 6. Something that is very often understood by the people of God. And we're going to get it today. Amen? Who's ready to get this today and take your soul back? These are two verses that are often confused and misunderstood because we don't understand the wording. Verse 2 and verse 5. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. All right? I'll tell you about the law of Christ in a minute. And then verse 5 says, for each one shall bear his own load. How is it that I'm supposed to bear my own load, but also you're supposed to help me carry my burdens? That's because the word load and burden are two very different words in Greek. We tend in English to kind of think they're the same thing, a load, a burden. But in reality, the word load, okay, the word load here is knapsack. I'm going to borrow this knapsack. It's beautiful. I can carry it. I don't need help. But many times, we expect other people to carry for us what we can carry ourselves. And other people expect us to carry things that they can and should carry themselves. Everybody can carry a load. We all have a capacity to carry a load, a knapsack. Nobody needs help carrying a knapsack. It's just what your own little load, right? And in our soul, there, we, there are things that only we are supposed to carry and we are responsible for. But there's people that are so immature in their soul that they just expect everybody to carry all of their load. And I'm not saying that to make fun of anybody. I'm not saying that to make you feel bad. I'm saying that to tell you, you can take your own soul back. And you must be responsible for the load of your own soul. But what is this carrying burdens? The word burden is not knapsack. It literally means, are you ready? Something too heavy for one person to carry. That's what it means in Greek. Load is what I can carry by myself, a knapsack. Burden is something to carry, too heavy to carry. And that's why it says this is the law of Christ. Are you ready for this? I think I, somebody's going to shout on this one, okay? This is the law of Christ. He carried the burden I couldn't carry. He carried sin to the cross because I could not carry that. That's how we should live with other people. That's how we should live with our family, with our friends. Even when, with our grown-up children. I know when kids are little, things are a little different, and you have to teach them boundaries. But dealing with adults, okay, there are certain things that if I carry it for you, I'm hurting you and not helping you. Because you have to learn to carry your load. But when there are situations and circumstances like what, a lot of times maybe there's a loss in the family, a tragedy or something you just can't handle your deep in dark pit of debt or depression and you need somebody to help carry that load and help carry you out of there, right? Those are loads, sorry, those are burdens that we should definitely help each other in prayer and support and, and, and all that, help carry those burdens. But there are some things that we need to be careful to distinguish, actually, I don't need to expect somebody else to carry that for me. That's just my load. That's just something I'm supposed to carry. 
right? Now, I don't have time to give a whole entire teaching just on that because I could, but I want you to be thinking about that. What's the difference between a load and a burden? Am I carrying my load and being responsible to carry my load or am I putting part of my load on other people? But am I also obeying the law of Christ and helping others carry things too heavy to carry for themselves? That's soul control. See, I'm responsible for myself, never for others. That was a hard one for me to accept as a pastor. Are y'all with me? I am responsible for myself, never for others. And some of you be like, what? Hold on, bear with me. Because I can only control myself. I cannot and should not ever try to control another. So if I'm the only one I can control, I'm the only one that I'm responsible for. Now, this is where it gets interesting. And this is going to help some of you. I think this next phrase I'm going to say is going to help so many of you. You're going to walk out of here like, my life done changed at church today. You ready? It might be up there. I am responsible for, sorry, to others, but never for others. I am responsible, I have responsibility to others, but never for others. I have a responsibility to help you, to be your friend, to love you. To do whatever I can unto you, but only you are responsible for you. Let this set you free today. Because some of us, and I can tell you, this is very easy for pastors to get under this burden. I can tell you, it's very easy for parents, especially parents of grown children who have not made grown-up decisions. We feel responsible for them. But in reality, we only have responsibility unto people to do what we can. But because we cannot control them, we're not responsible for them. I'm responsible to do everything I can in the love of God. But I am not responsible for what you do with it. I'm only responsible to people not for people. Boundaries, and this is another one. I believe people are going to be set free of this. Boundaries are never about controlling others. It's about controlling you. <laughs> because people start hearing, ooh, boundaries. Yes, I'm going to put up some boundaries and control everybody and make them do what I want, right? You done broke all the boundaries already. <laughs> boundaries are not for people. They're for you. Boundaries are not for others. Boundaries are for your own soul protection. You cannot establish someone else's boundaries. You can only establish your own. The Bible teaches clearly about self-control. What it never teaches us is other control. And some Christians be real good at Trying to exercise other control. But they ain't controlling themselves. I feel the conviction of the Holy Ghost <laughs> on myself. And I believe on everybody in here. Somebody really needs to hear this today. I cannot really set limits on others. But I can set boundaries upon myself that limit my exposure to others. I'm going to say it again. I cannot really set limits on others. 
I can only set boundaries that limit my exposure to others. I cannot and should not try to control what you do, but I absolutely can control how much I let you in. So let's go back to this boundaries and consequences thing. Let me just say it like this. I will not. Are you okay? We're, we're getting close to the end. All right. Are y'all, are y'all good? I will not try to control your behavior, but I want you to know that when you behave like that, I will draw a line and there will be consequences. Let me say it easier. You can do that, but when you do that, I'm going to do this. Did you hear that? You can scream and shout insults and curse words to me all you want. But when you do that, this conversation is over. You can come have dinner at my house all the time, but if I find out you are stealing from the back bedroom when you go to the bathroom, guess what? You don't come back for dinner until you repent on your knees. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm glad we're all together. All right. Come on, somebody. We, We can... It's okay to, look, we get so caught up in I'm going to do whatever it takes to get them to change. Guess what? Newsflash, can't change anybody. Newsflash, you can change yourself. When I have a boundary with consequences, life begins to change. Because I, I say, if I live my life this way, you can act that way. You can do that. You can behave in that manner. And as long as things are good, I'm going to let you in. I'm going to let you in. You're all the way. I'm going to let you in. You can be in my life. You can be close. We can be intimate. We can all that. You can have influence over me. But when you start acting like that, guess what? And I'm doing this because I love myself so that I can love you. Here's the line. You could try to cross it if you want. I'm not going to make you not. Try to cross the line because I'm not going to control you. But I just want you to know when you do attempt to break my boundary, I'm going to take a step back. When you act like this, go ahead. Act like that. That's your soul. That's your property. But I'm not going to allow that on my property. And listen, we have to do this even with people that we love and that are very close to us. Because listen, we're all humans. And we've all tried to break each other's boundaries. We all disrespect each other's boundaries. This is something about maturing, that we learn how to have and respect boundaries, right? Something that if we teach children when they're young, it'll greatly help them when they're old. But let me just give you an example if you're raising children. If I say, Oliver, make your bed. No quiero. That's what he said. I don't want to, right? Okay. I'm not saying I've gotten perfect at this yet, okay? We're working on it, aren't we? You can, listen, you can choose not to make your bed. But if you choose that, you will stay in your bedroom with the door closed and no access to any toys for three hours. All that isn't that strict. Come on. Until lunchtime. Not going to starve the kid. But a lot of times we need to do this t- the same type of thing with love and gentleness and respect and honor. We got to do this in marriage. We got to do this at work. Come on, somebody. We got to do this with friends, even sometimes our best friends. You must protect your soul. 
in the end, I'm not going to stand before God and give an account for my soul and say, it was Liz. (laughs) She helps me with my soul, by the way. So you're not going to stand before God one day and give an account for your soul and be able to deflect the responsibility to anybody else. It doesn't matter who else it was or what they did. Today, we need to take ownership of our soul. Boundaries and consequences. The best visual of a boundary to me is property lines. You can actually, you know, property lines. Yeah, most of the time they actually have fences or whatever. But if not, you can go online like to the tax assessor thing, and you, you can look up and you can say all the property lines in the county, right? Now, what are property lines for? Property lines are boundaries that establish my property, not my property. Question, if there's a storm and a tree falls on my property, whose responsibility is it to fix and clean up the tree mess? It's mine. Even if the tree fell over into somebody else's property, if it was on my property, whose responsibility is it? By law, it's mine, right? But if my neighbor had a tree that fell on their property, that's their business. Now, if it's a big, heavy tree that they can't take care of on their own, I might help share their burden and go help them with it. But it's not my responsibility. And we need to look at life this way. We need to look at relationships this way. If it's within my property line, I'm responsible and you're not. If it's within my own soul, I'm responsible and you're not. And if it's within your own soul, you're responsible and I'm not, but we might help each other out with it. It's a matter of assuming correct responsibility. I get to, and I'm, I'm seriously almost at the end. I think you may have another couple of blanks there, so I'm just going to f- try to finish this out really quick. I get to decide who and what I let in and what I let out. That's what boundaries are for. Now, <clears throat> ready for one last, like, really? I almost say this, and some of you are going to be like, uh-uh, that's not true. But it is. You can't make me miserable. You can't make me miserable. You might try. Some of y'all have. Okay, no. Just kidding. I love all of you and carry your burdens with Jesus. (laughs) But how how many of us have said, myself first, You're making me miserable. (laughs) Actually, you're not making me miserable. I am allowing misery inside of me. Only I can determine what makes me miserable. You can do whatever you want. I'm the one who decides if I let it in or not. But I can have a bad... This sounds hard. Guess what? It takes walking in this and being very intentional about it and growing in it. You're not going to be good at boundaries tomorrow if you didn't have any today. It start, you just got to start. And some of you sitting in here are boundaryless. You have none. And the first thing is, everything I'm saying sounds impossible. Guess what? It is possible, but you got to start with little things. Start putting up little boundaries on your soul. But if you grow and mature in this soul control thing, you truly will be able to walk through life and determine what you let do whatever it does to you. There will be hard things that happen in life. There will, listen, there will be things that happen in life that you ought to let in and you ought to mourn over. But there are, other th- there, there are things that are sad, and you ought to let sadness in and grieve whatever it is you need to grieve. That's very healthy. But there are also things and people and circumstances in life 
that you ought to say, I'm going to go my way and we're going to walk together, but there is a boundary right here. And I determine what goes on in the inside of me, even if I'm walking hand in hand with you. I'm determined, determining what goes on inside of me. You determine what goes on inside of you. And hopefully, we're doing a good job together at keeping and respecting boundaries. So this is what they said. This is, this is actually a phrase out of the book. Are you ready? This is going to help somebody, and we'll be done. Pinpoint misery and establish a rule. <laughs> Pinpoint misery... And establish a rule. If you are miserable about something, pinpoint it. I'm miserable about this. <laughs> this is making me miserable. All right? Well, establish a rule. I'm going to give you one that I established in the end of last summer. My phone was making me absolutely miserable. Miserable. got real quiet because I think a lot of us have gone through that. It's like, leave me the, leave me alone. Leave me alone. I need quiet time. I need some me time. I need to stink and sleep. Would you please stop calling me? Texting me. Notifications of Candy Crush Saga nonsense that I don't even, I don't even play it, but my kids somehow have it on there, and my phone, bring, and it's like, what in the world? <laughs> Jesus, save my phone, Lord. Let me tell you something, in this reality, in this age, you can't control how much your phone beeps. But you can control how much you expose yourself to your phone. And I wasn't controlling it. I wasn't controlling it. Because I'm a pastor. I need to be available to the sheep. <laughs> Guess what? Sometimes sheep need to just take care of themselves. <laughs> Not all the time. I'm going to do what a pastor can and should do. But I'm not going to do what you can do for yourself. I'm not, listen. Now, I'm, 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 I'm speaking very much from an open heart as a pastor. But listen, how many of you have been just miserable because you have a friend or a family member or someone that you're like, why are you constantly nagging me? Like, get a life already. Like, could enough already. Like, Enough with the notifications and the Facebook and the, all this stuff that's just like, if you ha have your phone in front of you all the time, you could constantly, constantly, without stopping, be miserable. <laughs> so I pinpointed that misery in my life, and I said, I am going to limit how much I expose myself to my phone. Just a few things I did. I made a rule, Okay. One thing I did was I said, I'm not going to use my phone in the morning when I wake up until after I've read my Bible. That's just, that was a rule that I made. I'm going to wake up. If you call me, sorry. If you text me, sorry. If Facebook has 7,000 notifications, sorry. Facebook can wait, okay? It's just going to have to wait until after I've read the Bible and heard from God, okay? That was just, that was a rule I made for myself, okay? Um, another thing that, that, that we've been working on as a family is we don't take our phone to the table during mealtime. Because I found out a long time ago you can't have phone and fellowship at the same time. It just doesn't happen. You can have fellowship with your screen or fellowship with a human being in front of you, but you can't have both at the same time. I also decided if I ever meet with somebody, I'm going to leave my phone in my car unless absolutely I must be on call for something with the family. But most of the time, I'm just going to leave my phone in the car and I'm going to look you in the eye and talk to you. Okay, why did I establish this rule? Because I was miserable. I just, I hated the phone. If you, probably most of you didn't notice, but I used to <laughs> use my cell phone as my timer, as my, my clock to preach, because I don't, my, I can't even read, I have no idea what that clock says back there. It's just a blue blur, okay? 
I need a, a clock right in front of me, all right? So you, I would be preaching and all these notifications coming up. And I'm worried about a spirit of distraction. Ain't no spirit, it's a stupid phone. And then service would be over. And I, let, let, I'm just being brutally, I put myself out there today, is that all right? Service would be over, and instead of walking around and looking you in the eye and talking to you, a human that I care about, I'd be caught up with trying to catch up on what in the world notified me while I was preaching. So guess where my phone is now? It's charging in the office. I don't bring it into service because I want to see in you. I want to talk to you. Now I have this really terrible kitchen timer, but you know what? It does the work. It does the trick. And now that's just one example of how to establish a boundary. Pinpoint some area of misery in your life and just make some rules. And then keep them. Respect your own boundaries because only you can. Now to finalize, boundaries are not impermeable walls and they are negotiable. Boundaries are more like fences with gates. They're not like walls that can't be scaled like everything out, stay out. No, they're more like gates that you say, up, let it in. Down, don't let it in. Up, I need to let this out. Closed, I should probably keep this to myself, right? And boundaries, every type of boundary, especially boundaries in relationships, are negotiable and do change over time. Because guess what? We mature. <laughs> People change. Circumstances change. So you have to understand boundaries are not necessarily like just walls to keep everything and everybody out. They're more like fences with gates. It's all about letting the right things in. I mean, letting the right things in and letting the right things out. Keeping the, the good in. And letting the good out, right? I'm solely responsible for what I let in and out of my soul. Proverbs 4.23, and we're going to do a whole teaching on this later on this month, all right? This is your last scripture for the day. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The condition of your heart literally will determine the way you live. And your future. You've got to have boundaries. You got it. There must be a gate within your heart. My first boundaries are within myself. Again, a whole lot more about that later this month. Soul control or self control is the ability to tell myself yes and to tell myself no. Sometimes the hardest person to tell no is me, right? Some of us are pretty good at saying no to others, but we just, if it's something that I need to say no to myself about, sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. That's the first step in taking your soul back. We've got to learn to tell ourselves yes and to tell ourselves no. And let me tell you, this is only possible if you are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's only possible. I need the Holy Spirit to help me tell me yes and me no. And you need him too. Just to finalize, sin is a boundary problem. Sin is a boundary problem. God established certain boundaries for our protection. Sin broke those boundaries, and the breaking of those boundaries broke us. And then God drew a brand new boundary line with the cross of Jesus Christ. Are you ready for this? If you get one thing today, get this. Don't cross the line. We crossed it. Guess what? A boundary. Literally an, a wall that cannot be scaled. A wall of sin between God and us. We can't get past it. 
And God knew we could never break down that barrier. So he came as Jesus. And with his cross, when he hung on the cross, oh man, read it. Read it in the Bible and in history. The very moment Jesus cried out, it is finished, and he breathed his last. It says that the boundary in the temple, in Hebrews it says, The presence of God was closed to the public. Only the high priest with the blood of a sacrifice once a year could go behind that boundary to go in the presence of God to make atonement for for their sins, right? But that when Jesus came, he himself entered in beyond and past that boundary when he went to the cross. And when he shed his blood on the cross, literally, history records at that very moment there was an earthquake and the temple like split into and the boundary, the veil, the curtain in the temple, it ripped down the middle. That boundary was removed. And now we can have the Holy Spirit inside of us because the boundary of sin was removed through the cross of Jesus Christ and because now we can have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us we can truly live a life of soul control we can take our soul back and we can learn to walk as mature men and women of God who live lives of self-control Not because we're good or we're powerful, but because we have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us who went past the boundary. And now He's the one who can teach us to live according to God's boundaries again. If you would like, go ahead and stand to your feet.